Hi listeners, welcome into this episode. I'm really excited about this episode. So we have a special guest, Sarah, who is on our outreach team for Bowling Green. And she is going to be sharing with us what she's went through. She has um, a really powerful, really dynamic story. And um, Sarah, uh, she'll tell you in her story, she is coming up in February on being a year sober. And um, what that means to her and how her faith has grown in this season. But, you know... I thought it was really important to have her on air and share her story because I don't think that a lot of times the people who are so fresh from the fight, so to speak, have a chance to tell their story from that perspective in that point in time. And that's real life. Real life is it's messy. It isn't all put together. It isn't this fairy book story. Um, it is raw and it is real and it's authentic and that that's um how real life is and so i wanted sarah to get to to share her story with us and everything she's been through and everything that she's overcame and the way that i've gotten to watch her grow into the woman that she is and um so i'm excited for her to be on air this episode and share her story and also um this episode, we're going to be exploring a couple of factions of trauma and what that looks like. That will be a continuing mini, mini segment throughout the episodes to come. Um, just kind of helping break trauma down into bite-sized pieces and realize um, that you might have trauma in your life that you didn't recognize was that or um, maybe you didn't recognize that that is what was causing your behaviors or you know physical pain whatever we're going to be breaking it down in, into smaller pieces to help dissect and um, just look at it on a, a smaller reference frame so excited to start that as well so let's get into it Okay, so one of the things that I'm really excited to to launch is this little segment on trauma and just breaking it down and making it more manageable because when you think of trauma as a whole, it took a whole lifetime essentially to get traumatized probably and to try to break that down seems extremely daunting if not impossible. But one thing that we can do is to just sit back and take it piece by piece, um, even if we just start like most things do from the beginning. And so what we know statistically is that once you experience some, whatever it was that traumatized you, you know, whether that's from at birth or you're 14 years old and something extremely traumatic happens to you, emotionally, a lot of times, unless you heal from that trauma, unless you seek healing and, and you um, emotionally and mentally heal from whatever happened to you at that age, your emotional maturity is stuck at whatever age that happened at. Now, that's not like to say as an insult to anybody out there that hasn't, because uh, um, I definitely um, experienced a lot at a young age, too. Um, and also, I think it's important for me to say that I'm I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychiatrist. Um, I'm just speaking from experience and from the training that I have underwent to lead 
lead the ministry that I do and to be trauma-informed and also from spending the last five years working meticulously on my healing. Um, So I have complex PTSD and I work very hard at um, not essentially interacting with others as a traumatized human. I try to not let that control my life. I try to not let it interfere with my family's life, with my children and my husband's life. And that takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of effort constantly. So please just know I'm not coming from a place of judgment or that's so far removed from this that um, I don't know the realities of it because I very much do. Um, But so statistically, however old you were, When your brain became traumatized, until you seek healing for that, you're not going to grow out of that. Um, Now, a lot of different religions or frames of mind, schools of thought, will call it lots of different things. They might call that initial wound um, an inner child wound, um, called a lot of different things. But at the basis of it, there are four different types. So there's guilt abandonment, trust, and neglect. Um, Someone with a guilt wound feels sorry or bad all the time. You may notice that those people apologize for entering a room. They apologize for the space they take up. Um, They're constantly saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. They don't like to ask for things. Um, They're not going to tell you they need help. Um, They're afraid to set boundaries because they don't want to displease anybody. Um, They are normally attract naturally people who make them feel guilty. For me personally, I definitely have or did have a guilt wound that has taken um, years and years and years to try to overgrow and um, to, to, you know, grow out of. abandonment wound what that looks like um you constantly feel left out you fear being left just entirely hate being alone codependent um when you're in relationships you may threaten to leave a lot but it's just so that you can have this false sense of control or security thinking that you hold the keys to that because deep down you're terrified of being abandoned um normally you attract emotionally unavailable people just naturally. Um, The next one would be a trust wound. Um, These people are afraid to be hurt. Uh, They don't trust themselves. They find ways not to trust people. So if you ever, um, you might have friends in your circle that are like this when immediately they meet someone, when that person leaves, they're going to tell you all of the reasons why that person Um, gave them the wrong vibe, that they don't trust that person, um, then it's very likely that those people probably have a trust wound somewhere in their past. These people also feel insecure and they need a lot of external validation. Um, They may not tell you that obviously either, um, but they're going to be the type of people that really thrive off of constantly getting a pat on the back or told, hey, you did a really good job because they need that because they don't really trust others very easily. They also don't feel safe and they normally naturally attract people who don't feel safe. They, they attract unsafe people, um, which is the, kind of the irony of it all. Um, next, we have a neglect wound. So um, people with a neglect wound are going to have a hard time letting go of things. Um, you know, 
something may have happened and everybody else that was with you when it happened or that it also happened to has let it go a long time ago. These people can't seem to just let it go. Um, They tend to have a low self-worth. They get angry very easily. A lot of times anger um, is a person with a neglect wounds go-to emotion because it's easier to let yourself be angry than it is to let yourself be vulnerable and show other people that you've been wounded. Um, A lot of times the neglect wound will repress emotions. They won't let themselves feel any emotions whatsoever and they stuff them all to the point that a lot of times they'll have themselves believing that they're not there um, for their own sake because they don't want to face them. Um, They fear being vulnerable and they normally naturally attract people who don't appreciate them or make them feel seen. And so um, just want to start with that. I wanted to start with identifying um, different types of a wounded, quote unquote, inner child um, or the types of, you know, deep wounds. And on the next segment, we'll talk about just some ways that you can direct your time, energy and attention and to be more intentional in noticing um, thought patterns that may have come out of those wounds and how we address them and how we start changing the tides on letting those wounds control our patterns and our behaviors and who we are and how we interact with other people. So um, I hope that you listen to the next episode so we can kind of dive deeper on that. Okay, so next up we have Sarah Schwartz on the line. Um, Let's get in and hear from Sarah. Hello? Sarah, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Hey, nice. Okay, so Sarah, these segments on our podcast are about faith. And as I thought about faith... And I thought about what guests to have on. You quickly came to mind. I've watched your story bloom and grow. And I've watched you grow so beautifully. And just press in and really cling to Jesus with such conviction and dedication. Your story is so interesting. Just everything that you've overcome is completely incredible. It's truly a miracle that you're here today. Um, But I know that um, you have quite a story to tell. So um, for starters, this is Sarah. Um, Sarah is part of our ministry. She leads our outreach group to Bowling Green and um, is part of our care team. And it's just a wonderful blessing for us to get to have. Sarah, what would you like to tell us about today, about what you've been through? Um, Well, I've been through a lot in my life. When I was a baby, I was adopted at birth. Um, I was born in Paradise, California. Born and raised there. Um, I had a mom and a dad, of course. Um, My first dad, he was actually, he sexually abused me. And um, he actually passed away. He got in a car accident when I was four years old and he died. So the abuse stopped when he passed away. Um, My mother then remarried not long after he passed away. It was 
just a couple months and she met someone and remarried and that is my father now and um we we lived in a heart it was a it was a crazy household there was a lot of fighting a lot of yelling a lot there was physical abuse to me quite a bit and to my mother um they were actually on pills as we were growing up and then my mom had my sister and my brother um like i said i was living in california well when my grandparents died my mom inherited the house and the land and she actually sold it all and we moved here to tennessee we didn't know anybody here didn't know what we were coming to they just wanted to move here because it was the bible belt <laughs> so we moved here and um um i went to my first public school see in california i was raised in a private christian school even though my house life was a little hectic they put on a good show to to people like we went to church and we were different around people and when i went to a private christian school and stuff like that but we came here and i went to my first public school and i wasn't accepted by the kids i was made fun of a lot um put down it just wasn't good and i and i started fighting i would get into physical fights with people and it, i got kicked out of school and sent to an alternative school and when that happened um i went there and i actually got kicked out of there so my mom had to homeschool me right when that happened i was turned 16 i got my first car and um i met my um, i've never never had a boyfriend before but i met my first boyfriend and that's when i my parent i started smoking weed and drinking and just like dipping into drugs here and there but a lot of drinking a lot of smoking weed and i was 16 almost 17 and my parents actually kicked me out of the house because um i was smoking weed and they didn't approve of it and my mom was very um she always had to have a man in her life um she had actually had remarried so i had my third dad at that time and they didn't he didn't accept me so i really wasn't in my mom's life she didn't really we really didn't have a relationship but um i turned uh 18 i was living with my boyfriend we were together almost uh 10 years i got pregnant i had my son at 21 and um after i had my son i was prescribed pain pills and i liked them and after i ran out of them i found sorry about that we lost you there but so you had just um and you started taking pills yes yeah yes the um i had got pain pills for the for after having him because i had tears and i was sore well they just prescribed them to me 
Mm-hmm. And I took them after that, and um, I liked them. And I found myself after I ran out. I found somebody that had some, and I would buy them from that person. And I started taking them regular regularly. I mean, I still worked and paid my bills and took care of everything, but I I was like a functioning addict at that time in my life. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't know I had a problem. Like I right. did it, but um, yeah. So, um, well, my my son's father cheated on me and it broke my heart we were he was my first boyfriend my first love his family was like my family because my family left me and um I just when he he left me and I went I lost it and I actually tried to kill myself I jumped off of a bridge um I broke a rib I was very sore um, I went to they took me to the hospital of course and I was put in a psychiatric ward for a week I stayed there and I got out when I got out I learned that my son's grandma took emergency full custody of my son he was almost two at this time so we had to go to a court date and at that court date the guardian ad litem said that I had no no um I could not have my son basically. So they took him from me, gave her full custody and took away my rights. I left that courthouse that day, like it was awful. And I just, I lost myself. That's when I started getting harder into the drugs. I started drinking more. I started, I would, there were times, I went to jail three times in one week. I was in and out of jail. It was bad. Um, I actually went to jail. I had been almost a year when I got out. I was sober, and that's when I met my daughter's father. My daughter's father. Yeah, we um, we got together, and he was sober at the time. Well, again, I violated probation for not showing up, and I had to go back to jail. Well, when I got out of jail and went back home to him, he was using IV, heroin, and meth, and he wouldn't let me do it but I finally got to do it. And then that's when my life changed completely. I started doing heroin, methamphetamine, cocaine, anything I would put in an IV and put in my veins. It was not, that was my life. I hated myself. I didn't have my son. I, I didn't know what I was doing. That's, I lived to get high. That's, and I prayed and I just, I, I was mad at God at this time in my life. I would tell people, yeah, I'm mad at God. And, but God always showed up and showed out. Like he saved me so many times. I overdosed, I've overdosed eight times. I've been Narcan four times. I overdosed while I was in jail. Um, he's just brought me back. And well, I went, um, we, we were sober and we talked and we wanted to have a baby. So we got pregnant with my daughter. She's three years old. We had her. And then when we had her, um, I lost it. I 
I couldn't stay sober for some reason. I kept relapsing. So he took full custody of her for her first year of life. And in that first year of her life, I was too busy running the streets. I was selling myself. I was getting high. I I hated my life and I hated myself and I did not respect myself. Um, I would do really bad things. Um, I actually, my car was stolen from me. And then the people that stole my car actually ran me over. It nicked my head. And um, at a Taco Bell in Nashville. And um, I was rushed to Skyline. Um, I was bleeding out of my ear. And that's the last thing I remember. The next thing I know, I'm waking up in a hospital three months later. My head is shaved. I have 47 stitches in the back of my head. I had brain surgery because I had a brain bleed from them hitting me with the car. I was on a ventilator. I They did not think I was going to make it. Um, and this might be a shocking what I'm about to say, but I would have times where I would wake up in the hospital. Well, one time I woke up and I pulled this tube out for me, my throat, and I I left the hospital against medical advice to go get high. I woke up in that hospital, the hospital, and I don't know what I, honestly, I don't know what I was thinking. I just wanted to go get high. Mm-hmm. I was so, I was out of it. Like I just had brain surgery. I just, I didn't understand. Well, I left and got high. Mm-hmm. And I went back to rehab, got in and out, in and out. I ended up going back to rehab and I got out and I stayed sober and I petitioned to get my daughter back. I actually got visitation with her, so that was good. Mm-hmm. A couple of months after I got the visitation, um, her father violated his probation. So he went on the run, and he couldn't take her with him. So he mm-hmm. gave her to me, so I got full custody of my daughter. In the middle of me, I mean, I was still a wreck then. I wasn't using, but I was still, like, it was hard life was hard then but I took her in and I did the best I could I did the times I did use when I had her I would leave I would take her to her grandmother's or something and I would go use I would it was I wasn't a good mom at that time of my life I didn't know what I was doing but thankfully finally this last time um, I say it was a few days before February, before Valentine's Day this year. Um, I detoxed. I went to my dad's house in Kentucky, stayed there a few days, and I got accepted into a place called the Lighthouse. I got there on Valentine's Day, February 14th, that I was a wreck. I was shaking. I couldn't think straight. I couldn't even read. Like, I couldn't read. I couldn't think. It was just crazy how how bad I was. But I kept trying for God and for my daughter. 
And since February 14th, I've went through a deliverance at my church and that changed me. It really cleared out a lot of the fogginess and the evil that was surrounding me. Um, I worshiped God every day. I pray to him. I haven't, I've had urges here and there, but I don't, I don't go out and do it like I used to. Like I go to God, I pray to God. I believe that this time I'm gonna do it. Like I've been sober almost a year and I have never been able to say that in my life. Like I started using drugs when I was 15, 16 years old, smoking weed, taking pills. And now it's like, it's gonna be a year here in a couple months, few months. And it's scary. Like, it's just, it's so good. Like God is so good. And I have these wonderful people around me that have helped me, that God has placed in my life. I. I've been wanting to be a part of the ministry, Whispers of Hope, and I'm finally a part of it, and I love it, and it's amazing. Like, God is real, and God does take you, and He does conform you and heal you if you want it. Like, He has a purpose for everybody. He has a purpose for me, and right now, I'm walking the line that he wants me to walk to do the purpose that he has for me like I want to do what he wants me to do for my life and also I didn't mention this my I'm adopted well I'm a part of my birth family's life they live in Las Vegas I'm really praying if I belong out there with my family or if I belong here in Tennessee so that's another thing I'm struggling with right now is Do I go out there? Do I stay here? But really, I can sometimes hear God tell me I belong out there with them, but I'm not done here yet. I still have some help. People like, I want to help people here before I leave. I want to finish what I started and be able to be a good person in the Lord and show people that it's possible and love people where they're at in their lives no matter what you can change like you don't have to be that person that you once were but that but that's made me who I am now so for me I got to watch you transition from you know where you were to to where you are now um I got to watch you grow in Christ and so for you personally, what was it for you that you experienced that caused such an increase in your faith from going to where you were to where you are today? Did you have like one particular encounter or what do you think that it was about this last time of getting clean that has made the difference? Um, well, besides all the love and the prayer and God and all that stuff, really the community of people that I have around me that Mm -hmm. have never gave up on me awesome like you and everyone in the ministry and like just all you ladies have been there for me 
even in my darkest times, even when you knew, hey, Sarah's not doing good, but you guys still loved me where I was. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, And so for you, for that, you're so diligent in everything. You show up to, you know, anything that we have, you're a part of, we can count on you, you're responsible, you're dependable. Um, What would you say is one tool that you really relied on um, just for you personally or a resource that um, really grew you personally to where you were be able to transition from that person that was not necessarily a dependable person to someone that was, or was that just all Jesus or kind of, how did you come about that? It would be really just Jesus and believing, mm-hmm. really like knowing that I'm worth it. And yeah. I, I, I'm a temple of God. Like I'm going to be in the kingdom one day. Mm-hmm. Like, That's right. In the kingdom of God. And I don't want to show people. I'm supposed to be a, like a, show people a godly person. I don't want to show them the wrong thing of what a godly person is supposed to be like and then sure that makes sense i don't know how to put it (laughs) you don't want to be a stumbling block for somebody if they're just now kind of figuring out about the lord and you want to point them in the right direction type of thing yeah 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 exactly (laughs) so so for you who has found your faith what does that mean to you what does faith mean to you faith means believing in yourself and believing in the word and believing what the Bible says and really like putting your all into it. You can't just dip in and out here and there. Mm -hmm. You've got to put your all into it and you have to always walk with like confidence and faith and love and you have to have the fruits of the spirit Yes, so good, Sarah. To be some like a version of God, like you want to show God and out in you into people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the fruits of the spirit. You want to have them. You want to be that person. That's wonderful. I just want to tell you how proud of you that we are, and what an honor it is to watch you on this journey and walk alongside you. And we're just so proud of you and everything that you've accomplished through the ministry and being a part of the ministry. And um, thank you for coming on air and sharing your story. I know that that's a hard thing to do. Yeah, I was nervous. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Bye-bye. Okay, Abby, so we're back, and these last few weeks, we've been talking about faith, different aspects of it. We've heard from several different people. I know your friend that had walked their really tough season, um, just guiding what faith looks like to each person. Sarah telling her testimony of how faith shaped her transformation and what a true, it it couldn't be behavior modification. It had to be transformation from Jesus Christ um, that took place because of faith. And so just wrapping all that up, 
um, what does that look like? Um, painting a better picture for ladies of faith um, that are still new to this and getting their feet wet. Well, that's a lot. Yeah. That's a whole enchilada. Yeah. And, <laughs> and we're by no means saying that this is the last that we're going to talk about faith, but no. we really wanted to kind of have a, um, you know, just kind of have that booster shot of faith. And mm-hmm. faith is a gift. It's actually a gift of the Holy Spirit. There is a gift of faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Bible talks about being able to stand in faith and, you know, call mountains into the sea by faith. And, you know, it is our faith and our relationship with Jesus that carries us through all of those things that we've talked about, all of those dark times. And, you know, it's by faith that we're saved. Mm-hmm. It's by faith that we're baptized. It's by faith that we're filled with the Spirit. It's by faith that we trust that we have an eternal life. Yeah. But there are there are parts of our lives and our thoughts and our actions that we have to partner with faith to do the work of the Lord, to do the work of the Holy Spirit in us and through us. Mm -hmm. And I think all of these stories really kind of show the rawness of what that looks like, the real life, you know, whether you're walking alongside a loved one who's dying, Mm -hmm. whether you've been put through the fire yourself and gone through all kinds of trials and tribulations, whether it be um, choices that you've made or a combination of both. You know, I feel like that there's been some things I've had to walk through that some of them I was born into and some of them I went headlong into. Right. You know, were just yeah. consequences, mm-hmm. you know. And so I heard a story this week and I had read it before, but it really just, it reinforced to me how we can partner with faith. We can partner with our mindset. There was a man that had two sons and one of the sons was always complaining, always Nothing was ever good enough, always in a foul mood. Um, And the other son, it didn't matter what happened to him, he was full of joy. Mm -hmm. And the father put one, the son that was always complaining, in a room full of brand new toys. And he put the other son that was always joyful in a room full of manure. Mm -hmm. And he left him there for about an hour and he came back to check on him. And he opened the door for the room that had the toys and his complaining son just he said hey how'd it go son and he's like well none of these toys were what I asked for none of them worked right I didn't find one that that fit me and and this was such a disappointment and he just the father was just exasperated he just shut shut the door shaking his head and he went over to the room that had the son um, with the manure in it and his son was shoveling the manure like there was no tomorrow and he was a little surprised he said what are you doing And he said, I just figured with all of this horse manure, there had to be a pony in here somewhere. (laughs) And I laugh, but at the same time, how many of us have felt like we are in a circumstance where all we're doing is shoveling manure? Mm -hmm. And to keep the perspective of there's a pony in here somewhere. There's something good that is going to come out of this mess. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, I think that is a perfect picture of faith. Yes. Because faith is... You know, Jesus is more than a pony, but he's definitely the best thing that's ever happened to me. Mm-hmm. In the midst of the, the mess that I made in my life, he was definitely the best thing that ever happened to me. And ultimately, um, you know, 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says, And now abide faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Mm-hmm. And I think it's through faith that we can love, but ultimately, if we don't have love, our faith isn't going to do anything. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that have a very strong faith and have zero love, zero love for the people around them. And so it is something that it is very important. Um, we have moments where it's like, uh, I feel like it ebbs and flows. Sometimes our faith is really great and sometimes our great, our faith is really small. The good news is, as Jesus said, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, mm-hmm. which it's, if you dropped a mustard seed, good luck finding it. It's right. very, very tiny. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So I feel like even in the faith, he has given us grace. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, I think the closer that you get to his heart and the more that you allow his love to truly change your thinking, mm-hmm. to think, to change your perspective, mm-hmm. especially to change the language that you speak in and what you release from your mouth. You know, the Bible says the power of life and death is in your tongue. Mm-hmm. And so when you're resting in that place of his love, um, I believe your faith is, is mighty. Mm-hmm. And it is dangerous, but even when you're in that place of brokenness mm-hmm. and you don't think there's any way out and you you don't think there's anybody coming for you, mm-hmm. I just want to say to anybody out there, there are there's a group of women through Whispers of Hope. We're praying for you mm-hmm. and we're fighting for you mm-hmm. on our knees. Yes. And if you'll just throw your hand up one more time, mm-hmm. We're going to come running for you Mm -hmm. because the father sees you Mm -hmm. and he won't let you go Mm -hmm. and he won't let you off of our hearts. Yeah. You are the reason we're here. That's right. You're the reason this ministry exists. And so however much manure you feel like you're shoveling, Mm -hmm. (laughs) don't doubt that something good is going to come out of this. If he can do what he's done for Sarah, he can do what he's done for Jennifer. If he Mm -hmm. can do what he's done for me and Mm -hmm. all the heroes of the faith, Mm -hmm. all through Hebrews, the horrible things that they walked through. Some of them went on from this life, never seen the fruit of it, but yet it was counted as faith in the hall of records. And you know, that's one thing we have to keep in mind. This home, this world it is temporary, mm-hmm. but I believe that there are annuals in heaven being written about every person and those moments that we found his love and were able to stand in faith. Mm-hmm. That makes a chapter in our history book. Yeah. And one day that will be celebrated. Amen. So if anything I could say, let this encourage you to not give up. Mm-hmm. Fight the good fight. Yes. Holler for help when you need it. Mm-hmm. And you can always cry out to Jesus. Yes. He sees you. Amen. Awesome. Thank you. Okay, listeners. So that is a wrap for this episode. I really hope that um, you were able to relate perhaps to something in Sarah's story, that you learned something um, through our mini segment about faith um, and possibly um, helped to see some things about trauma in your life that maybe you hadn't noticed before. Um, as I've said the last several episodes, our goal is always to be um, a help to anybody who's listening. However we can do that, we want to be a resource to help you live your best life. That's our hope and our goal. We want you to know that you're seen, that you're loved, that you have value and you have purpose right where you're at, that Christ sees you, that we see you, that we love you, that Christ loves you, and we just want to help you live a healthy, flourishing life, whatever that looks like. And so if you are in need of resources of any kind, please reach out to us. And um, We have a website. You can talk, contact us through that, Whispers of hope tn.com or you can find us on social media platforms as well we have an instagram we have a facebook you can reach out to us through that please don't hesitate you're not going to be a bother that's what we're here for literally what we exist for we just want to come alongside you do life with you and help us all to build community that is authentic and that is based around helping each other live their 
their best lives with Christ. So we love you and hope that you tune in next time.